Hey guys, it is Scott and Glenn, and we are back with the Dad Bod Sports Pod. We're going to be talking about every sport a little bit tonight, a little more NBA and MLB. But Glenn, do you have anything that you want to say to welcome us back? Yeah, we are back. A lot of exciting things that we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. Um, For everyone that literally just keeps asking us, when are you going to do the next podcast? When are you going to do Well, here it is. And again, like we always say we're going to be consistent and then we just don't. Uh, that's on us. We apologize. I didn't think it would be that much of an inconvenience for a lot of people, but apparently a lot of people want to hear us argue with each other. So, um, you know, we'll we'll be way more consistent from now on, guaranteed this time. But uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. And, the, uh, you know, we got some exciting things going on. But, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. So make sure you listen to the whole thing because we got news at the end. Yep. And uh, we're just going to get right into it. The NBA Finals just finished up. Pretty historic performance from Giannis. Steven Jackson did say it right, though. Don't act like your teammates aren't like, you know, your teammates aren't great. Drew Holiday literally shut down Chris Paul, a top five point guard all time. Shut him down in the finals after game two. Chris Middleton was closing out games and hitting shots. Your bench was actually playing very well. The Bucks, well, you can consider them a super team and I won't argue. You can say they're not a super team. I won't argue. They're a good fucking team. You know, it's not all Giannis. Obviously, Giannis had a huge performance almost every game. Good finals. Uh, Devin Booker turned out to be kind of a crybaby and a choke when it mattered. He had the big numbers in the clutch. Booker kind of disappeared. But I know you watched a lot of the finals, too. What'd you think? I... The first, like, two games were extremely boring, honestly. I'm not going to lie about it. The first two games, I was... not I wasn't uninterested, but... It just wasn't the excitement level that I've come to, you know, know in the NBA Finals. But those last four games were, they were great, honestly. Like, there was entertainment. There was, you know, intensity, a, a, intensity back and forth. I know one of the games, I think the Bucks won by, like, 20 points or something like that. But outside of that game, I should say, their other games were just amazing. And you were absolutely correct about Booker. Booker showed he could be a superstar. But in the last few minutes of the games, Booker was just nowhere to be seen. Like, there was one game where he was making shots. Like, he was literally Kobeing it. He was making fadeaways. He was going crazy, just making everything off the bank. He was doing – he was amazing. And then, last few minutes, he gets the ball literally stripped from his hands. Like, and then he just misses, like, every big shot. And let's not forget Chris Paul. Chris Paul had the most turnovers in a playoff series in a very long time. He led this series in turnovers, obviously. He did not have that great of a series either. And he's the leader of that team. So this, a lot of it's going to fall on him as well. Also, DeAndre well, Ayton, the last like game or two, he was just like, what the hell happened to him? Like, he, he had a chance for an MVP, like, the first two games. And then the last couple of games, it was like, Ayton, where, where are you, buddy? What are you doing? So, well, like, and the thing, with, the thing with Ayton, and I don't want to interrupt you, but and this yeah. is something I've said very clearly to, like, our Phoenix Sun fan friends. They were crying about the refs. And that's a big mistake on their pro- their fault because the whole goal for the Bucks or for the Suns was to put Giannis on the line because he's a bad free throw shooter. In game two, Giannis outshot the Suns from the line, but the Suns won. So there was no issue because Giannis struggled. Game three, then Giannis comes out. They do the same exact game plan, but he makes the free throws. And all of a sudden they have a problem. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's frustrating. You can't have your game plan be the reason you lose and blame the refs for it. You, They were purposely sending Giannis to the line. And Monty Williams, very respected coach. Everyone loves him now, and he's a great guy. 
he looked like a bitch crying about the refs when the refs were literally doing what he wanted them to do. It's just it backfired. He could have easily switched the game plan, you know, like, let's go to something else. And I think after game three and four, I think their goal was let Giannis get his and shut everyone else out. And it still didn't work. The Bucks dominated after game two. And the Suns gave up, like, multiple 20-point leads in the series. Like, not good. Not good at all. And the Suns won't be back to the finals. Like, they're a young team, okay. Chris Paul's leaving. He will be a Nick or a Laker. And the Suns are done. They're going to go back to being, they'll be better than they were, but they'll be like a 43-win team. And, you know, that'll be like a play-in game or the seven seed. So this was their window. Like, this was the year. And they had it wrapped up, but they just lost. It's as simple as that. They got outcoached and outclassed. Yeah, I mean, after game after game two, uh, when it was 2-0 Suns, every, everyone was just like, this is gonna. This is it. This is Chris Paul's year. This is the year he finally gets it. This, the Suns are going to win the championship. And did people forget that Giannis was coming off of a hyper-extended knee that, like, he shouldn't even have played this series? Like, th- I, this is what I'm going to do in the next, like, minute. I'm going to blow Giannis because Giannis is the best player in the NBA. And I said that, too. Yeah, you can verify I, I, don't wanna I said say, that. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna say it's not a debate because there's definitely a debate for KD. KD's one of the most talented human beings to ever play the game of basketball. And if, as long as LeBron James is still breathing, he'll be in the conversation. So I don't want to say it's not debatable. But the way Giannis played defense in this series, the way he came back after that gruesome injury, it was he thought he was, he was going to be done for a year. Him. It's his body. He knows more than anyone else. And he thought he was going to be done for, for not just this series, but the year of next year. So, like, the fact that he came back and had one of the most historic, uh, you know, performances in the history of the NBA, that man is just, you know, the, the, the Greek kid that, that, you know, came over as an immigrant and just, like, never expected to be where he... And when he first came in the league, he was a twig. He couldn't shoot. Uh, you know, no one really expected him to be what he is today, and look what he did. And guess what? Everyone talked about his free throws. What did he do when it mattered the most? He made 16 of 17 free throws and proved to the league that he is the best player in the NBA. He is probably a top three defender in the NBA. Not not probably. He is a top three defender in the NBA. And you're not stopping him in the lane. You, you, he is too big. He is too strong. And he's just too agile. You're not stopping him. So if he it was nice, it was nice seeing that old school mentality too. like get to the hole. The whole series was was just, you know, like even the first two games that I said weren't very it, it was it was still old school basketball. Like there was just body on body contact. There was go to the paint. Uh, you know, there were some threes, obviously. It's the NBA, but like it, it was great. It was it was it was old school basketball. And for anyone that can't watch the NBA because there weren't, you know, stars like LeBron James in it or something like that, you missed out on a very good finals because it was a it was good basketball for the last couple of games, man. That was some of the most exciting basketball I've seen in a very long time. Now, well, uh, the bubble championship was good last year, too. Like it was, you know, they were fighting. I, for, I the bubble enjoyed, was actually good. Yeah, I truly. Enjoyed. But um, like, we talk a lot of crap about the NBA, like how it's changed. But that's the regular season. The regular season has been dog crap for years. It's pointless. It, it literally is. So that a lot of a lot of the about. playoffs are pointless, too. Honestly, like a lot of the games. But they're, they're good. Like some of them are good. Like like I, I know there's a lot of like one versus eight seed games that are just not good because, you know, the ones he's going to dominate. We, we We get that. But there's a lot of good basketball these last two years with the bubble and this year. There was good ba- – like, even Clippers-Suns was good without Kawhi. It was still a very good series. Like, we all thought the Clippers were done, and it turns out the Clippers were, like, one shot away 
from turning that whole game around and going to game seven until then the Suns just took over at the end. But I mean, that's where Kawhi would have made a big difference. But uh let's talk let's talk basketball. about let's and talk yes, about that for a second. Yes, let's talk about the injuries and, and is there an asterisk on this uh, you know, on, on the Suns playoffs. Bucks, yeah. So the Bucks had an easy path to the finals because in round one they played the who they play? They beat the shit out of them. Was it the Raptors or the? No, it was uh Pacers, I think. Was it? Was Pacers? it the Pacers or was it the Celtics? Maybe Celtics played the Nets. The Celtics played the Nets. The Sixers played the Wizards. The Knicks played the Hawks. I forget who the last team was. It was the team that no, it was the Wizards. It was the Wizards, right? The Wizards played the Sixers. So whoever the like, that's how unimpressive they were. The Bucks, you know, beat the shit out of them. I think it was the Pacers. We'll just go with the Pacers. Whoever it was, if it was the Pacers, then they got wrecked, and it wasn't even a, a good contest. Games like those right. were the boring ones, but those usually are. Right. So, anyway, actually, I think it was the Heat. It was the Heat. Oh, which, it was the Heat. Which the Heat were not the same as last year, obviously. They but, hey, look good hold on, hold all. on. I, I agree with you that the Bucks had a, a you know a, an easier schedule, but, like, when the Heat, when it was the Heat versus the Bucks, everyone was like, "This is the team the Bucks don't want to face. They don't want to face the Heat. This is and the team that beat them last year." So, and they swept them. So, like, I'll say yes, it was obviously easier because the Heat were not the team they were last year. But still, it, it is an obstacle in front of them because this is the team they had to beat, so they can. It was, be a, taken it was a very good revenge tour. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Uh, but then you have the Nets missing Kyrie basically the whole series. Harden missed a few games. You know, and they like too well. And the Nets were up 2-0 when Kyrie right. got hurt. They were up 2-0 when they were healthy. Yeah. Actually, exactly. they were up 2-0 with just Kyrie and KD, because I think Harden went out, like, instantly game Harden, one. Harden, game came, Harden came back when Kyrie went out, I think. Yeah, so they were always one superstar down, which, you know, injuries happen. They do. But nobody can, with a straight face, say the Bucks beat the Nets if they're healthy. Because also, people don't remember, Dinwiddie is a very, very good point guard. Who missed all season. Right. So right. there's that. Then they go up and my 76ers choked Dick against the Hawks. I'm so pissed off at them. The Hawks were not a match for the Bucks. Like that was pretty simple to see. Yep. We knew that going into the series. So the Bucks had it wasn't the Bucks didn't have a super easy path, but it was easier than most teams that make it. The Suns, on the other hand, you played the Lakers without AD for what was it, the last four games? Mm-hmm. He tried to play the one game and big injury. You know, you beat them still. You beat LeBron, which means you actually beat the league. So props to them on that. But the issue is you still beat a team missing an all-NBA talent player. You go round two, you get the Nuggets. I think everyone had the Nuggets losing that wasn't a Nuggets fan. But they were missing Jamal Murray. Not an amazing player, but he's a good player. He's a very good player. That hurts. Then you go into the conference finals. No Kawhi Leonard. That's a consensus top five player in the NBA. And you struggle with the Clippers. So by the time you get a team that's fully manned, you go in with all that momentum. You had the longer rest. You know, you literally, those two games, you beat a tired team. But then when the team was tired, their game plan worked out. The Suns choked. Simple as that. They finally played a team at almost full strength and they choked. You know, the Suns had the easiest path to the finals, I would say, in NBA history. I like when you were talking about the Bucks, I was kind of like, I, I don't agree with any that the Bucks had an easy path at all. Like I think I, they had an easier path than usual. 
Well, like the East is like how many? There's been like a decade in a row where everyone talks about how easy the East is. So apparently, to everybody, I don't agree with this in general at all. But everyone apparently always says, "Oh, LeBron always had an easy path in the East. There's never really any good teams in the East. Who did he ever really beat?" And uh, I, even though I disagree with that, that's always been the mantra. That's always been what everyone says. So like to me, the Bucks overcame a lot. Like they had to overcome, you know, the the revenge of the Heat, which they did easily, no issues. Even though then that everybody and this is including you, including everyone, everyone was just like the Nets, the Nets, the Nets are gonna win, make the championship easily. Nets, 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 Nets. Well, this is what was put in front of the Bucks, and yes, they got hurt. They were not at full strength. I understand that, but nonetheless, that's another team that they had. So again, even with just Harden and, and KD, people were still picking the Nets. You know what I mean? So like that's a t- very tough series for the Bucks because the Bucks have always choked. Let's not forget that the Bucks are this team that everyone has said for, for years. It's like, ah, you know, I can't really take them serious because all they ever do is choke. When's the last time they even made a championship? This is this was tough for them. This was not now the Hawks actually to me were probably their easiest matchup, but probably gave them the most trouble. Like those Hawks were fighting, man. The the, the Buck the, the the Hawks just didn't want to die. So like well, even even though they were an the... easy matchup, it, it, according to like us, because we didn't think that like because Trey Young was hurt a little bit. I think he so missed the game. So was Giannis. Yeah. So right. like, that was the least impressive conference finals I think I've ever seen yeah, in my sure. life. I, I give you because, that. Because, sure. yeah, you had the two biggest names in the series out. Right. For the last couple of games. And, like, that – I mean, Trey came back, but then he came back and shot, like, 8 for 25, which is what he did all playoffs, by the way. He had a couple of good games, but, you know, like, we can talk about that on another podcast. But, like, the Trey Young hype – the playoff hype that people get, because yes, I understand playoffs is what matters to, you know, 90% of the people. No one really cares about the regular season, which I mean, we can debate that all day if you want. Well, why but, would they like, right. It, that's what I'm saying. Like, so playoffs is what matters. If a player starts doing really well in the playoffs, even though like when they get back to the regular season, they're just like 10 point per game players. That's why Tyler hero became somebody because in the bubble, in the playoffs, he was balling. And then what happened to him this year? TJ Warren. Well, that, yeah, that was just like that was pre-playoffs, though. Tyler Hero actually did it in the playoffs last year, so uh, you give him a little more, more credit because he actually did it when it mattered uh, to help, you know, help Butler make the finals last year. But um, yeah, when we were when you were talking about the Bucks, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, I, I'm not going to disagree too much, but the Suns are the ones that kind of no, had an Sun, asterisk on them because Suns again, had like a said, very easy path. Very, like the Suns, if LeBron and AD are both healthy and playing. Like, full health and full playing, the Suns do not win that series. We know that. Right. If, Ka- if, honestly, Kawhi was healthy, same... if Kawhi was healthy and, you know, if Kawhi and Paul George are both 100% fully healthy, they beat the Suns as well. Oh, yeah. The, if Jamal the Murray net... was – if Jamal Murray this, – this is the only one that's debatable. If Jamal Murray was fully healthy, do the I Nuggets – I still take the Suns. I still take the Suns. But that's the Nuggets beat the they Lakers. Them. They were impressive in that series, even though they faced the MVP and Yoki. Let's, let's not – Let's not give the Suns like say they were they didn't deserve that series or anything like that. But like still, if Murray was there, that game that's probably going at least six if Jamal Murray's there because that's twenty five extra points. I think it goes five. Murray is better in the playoffs he's shown, but I just think the Nuggets don't play a style of basketball that translates against a high paced team like the. Do you Suns. think the Suns would? Do you think the Suns would have beat the Jazz? Because I was I've, I've been thinking about this. Like if the Suns played the Jazz. Who I don't think so. Series? I think the Jazz win. I I I'm almost sure the Jazz win that series because the Jazz play the style of basketball that the Bucks kind of play, 
And we've seen that the Suns really can't handle it. When you start throwing actual defense against them, they they were just not very good. It's that simple. Right. They're not very good against good defense because Booker doesn't have his wide open shots. Chris Paul has to like, you know, Chris Paul's aging, you know, like he's he's up there. Like he can see he, he can still he can still go, but like you put a hard defender on him and he's he just doesn't have that speed anymore. So, you know. So yeah. I'm gonna give but, the Suns credit. I'm gonna give the Suns credit. I don't wanna take everything away from them. However, no, they they beat who is in front of them, 100%. You have to beat who's in front of you. But just to say this, just like you said the Suns wouldn't beat the Lakers and the Clippers, the Bucks wouldn't beat the Nets. No, I the Bucks definitely would not have beat the Nets. If KD, no one would and again, like I give you guys crap for saying no chance or 0% or whatever, but if KD, Harden and Kyrie were all healthy, we we saw Nobody's it. touching him. No no one's beating them. But we saw, like, except unless, you know, LeBron and LeBron and AD would have gave him the best shot. And that would have been an amazing uh, series, probably. But, again, See, I think, health- and I told you this before, I think the Bucks, as they're built, are the only team that could have beat the Nets. I picked the I think Bucks I, to win the, in our podcast last year. I Well, not last year. It was, like, the beginning of the I picked the Bucks to win the finals. But that was because I didn't want to pick the Nets. Right. And I, think I wasn't going to pick the, the Sixers. I wasn't going to pick the Sixers for the same reason no one picks the Bucks. You can't take them seriously until they make the finals, until they get over that hump. And every time the Sixers seem like they're going to get over that hump, they do something stupid or they just choke completely. Like, there's no way the, the Hawks should have beat them. No way. There's no way the Hawks should have beat the Knicks. I know the Knicks aren't that good, but they, the, the Knicks should have beat them too. And yet then they go to Philly and beat Philly. Like, the Hawks had the run. You know, we'll give the Hawks some credit for they had a tough – they had to go to New York to Philly, against Milwaukee and that crazy-ass crowd. Give the Hawks some credit. They they bought. No, they earned it. But we'll see how they do next year with the rule changes where Trey Young isn't. Can't just run into people and get – yeah, exactly. That's frustrating. It's very frustrating. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but we went over our NBA playoffs here a little bit. Um, It was a good playoffs. Very, very good playoffs. Um, it, it was nice to see people in give, the give, crowd. Give, give it a rating. Give it a rating out of 10. I'm going to say the actual gameplay – was a 10. I'm going to say the finish. Like Milwaukee and Giannis winning was kind of storybook. So I'll say the finish was a 10. But I'll say the results of who ended up in the finals was like a 6. Just because the injuries clouded the actual better teams. I'll give the gameplay an 8 because there were some blowouts. And the first two games, Giannis just didn't look right. And like they were kind of boring games the first two. So like. I'll give that an eight because the, the closing definitely brought it back up. Like it, it started out as a five and then all of a sudden there was just great basketball being played. So I give that an eight. Oh, I'm talking, uh, I was talking whole playoffs. Oh, the whole playoffs. Um, the fans made it a, a nine already. Like just listening to the fans. Yeah, made it they made it so much better. Like the, the, if it's like last year, even though the bubble was great, like I enjoyed the actual basketball. It's a five because you couldn't get excited because you didn't get to hear the crowd go crazy. Like I, hate a lot of teams but i'll give some fans credit for being there and yes obviously anytime a team wins a championship the fans are going to show up but bucks fans have been there like the bucks fans have been there for a very long time that's one of those fan bases that were dying for that you know what i mean they weren't like uh, i disagree go ahead wisconsin is wisconsin is a football state they did not care about the bucks until the last two years i mean didn't they like they they broke attendance records like when the Bucks were starting to get good, like when Giannis first started making the playoffs, they were like, they were, I mean, right, maybe so they were fair weather fans. fans. Right. Okay. 
But I'm just saying, like, they, they've been selling out the games. Like, if Giannis were to leave the Bucks tomorrow, Milwaukee would be the new Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, you're closer to it. You've been to games there, so I'll, I'll take your word for it. But I've just been from, to like, games there when KD and Russell Westbrook were playing against the Bucks. Right. And you could move up because the receipt's open because that was just the start of Giannis. Right. What about Suns fans? Suns fans were ravenous. They were going... Suns, like... I, Suns I give and Suns four? Fans... That guy's a fucking idiot, first of all. <laughs> I don't think he's an idiot. I think social media and people are idiots for making him big. Like, I, he didn't do anything. He just... He's just there. Like, he, those two dudes attacked him and he beat the shit out of them. Props and to him. And I don't blame him for taking advantage of the spotlight. No, it's you not. Know, he made well, money. It's, it's, it's people and social media that make... I don't even want to say the word because we're on a podcast, but... They make people famous for, for nothing. They're stupid. People are stupid. Like, there's a genuine stupidity amongst today's society that makes me angry. Like, why him? Why is, I don't know. I mean, again, it's nothing against him. It's just like, this dude And the was, dude wasn't even a real good fan. Jamal Murray, Murray, was, gi- Jamal Murray was giving him signed sneakers. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, are dude. you kidding me, bro? Like, he didn't, oh, uh, whatever. I mean, social media to be is a that legend, strong of a platform. If he wanted to be a legend, he would have fucking punched Jamal Murray in the nose. Or just like, yeah, like did something and be like, Suns in four. And then just like ran away or something like. But Right. Like, also that dude, I listened to a few things where he was talking. He is not a basketball. He had such terrible basketball knowledge. He was just a drunk idiot who's from Phoenix, who had some jerseys, who was at the game. I just, just got lucky two Nuggets fans attacked him so he can become famous. Right. Two Nuggets fans who are soft, clearly. But yeah, so that's the but, NBA but playoffs. Forget him, but forget him though. Just Suns fans in general, not even the ones we know. Just the Suns fans that were at the games were rapping well, since the first, the first like they were they were going crazy. Like oh, every every fan base was going crazy. But like the decibel level see, of the Suns fan were amazing. I'm, I'll give. Did you see when the Suns plan landed after landed after Game Six? There was one fan waiting at the airport. No, what the hell? So how's that fan base? Yeah, that's that's terrible. If that's the case. They were all too busy out golfing. You know what I mean? Like, they don't give a shit about the Suns. It's just they were good. Just like Milwaukee, Phoenix is a fair-weather basketball town. Like, you have one guy waiting to see the the plane land and, like, greet the players after they just made your city relevant. Meanwhile, Not- the Knicks won, meanwhile, the Knicks won one game. And after yeah. the game, they were lined up in Times Square waiting to greet the Knicks as they were leaving the arena after losing that, game yeah. five. Atlanta was crazy for the Hawks when they came back after Atlanta losing. fans were amazing. Atlanta Hawks. I, I thought that I thought Knicks fans were going to take over Atlanta and I didn't hear a single Knicks fan at that game. It was all Hawks fans. So again, also, props to the Hawks fans as well. Props to Trey Young for playing the villain card. I loved but it. He did it well. He did it well. Like people sure. are afraid to not be liked. He does not give a shit. <laughs> Honestly, if I if I was in if I was like a, a wrestler, WWE wrestler or or an NBA or even MLB or something, I would literally be that guy because I love it. I the heel persona, the whole like being hated, that's what I want as a person. I don't want to be liked because being liked yeah. is it's boring. I don't want like I, I don't want people to like me. I want people to hate me because guess what? When you make a YouTube video or when you do something when someone comments something nice, great video, good job. No one gives a shit. What do you respond to? The hate. People love the hate. Everyone thrives on saying, this person didn't believe in me. Blah. And people even make shit up. Like, no one believed in me. What are you talking about? Everyone said you'd be good. So don't say every, no one believed in you. You had everyone believing in you. You just want to say no one believed in you because that's what pushed you. 
to think that someone wasn't believing in you because everyone loved the hate bullshit. So the heel persona, the 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 you know that Trey Young took on is is great. So I, I genuinely enjoyed it, even though it was against my team. My team too, <laughs> and you definitely your guy. team. I can't wait to hate his guts next year. <laughs> so let's go over a little bit of NBA drafts. Uh, like I know um I'm gonna go over it mainly, but um so there's rumors that Detroit is not sold on Cade Cunningham. They love Jalen Green, who's one of those G League guys. If I am the Pistons, I drafted Killian Hayes in the first round last year. I'm calling Houston, and I'm like, hey, we're going to take Cade even though we don't need him, and you want him. Throw us an offer. So then Houston moves up, takes Cade number one. They can get rid of John Wall however they can. Cade's your point guard. At pick two, Detroit goes Jalen Green, the guy they're falling in love with. Cleveland at three then. They're moving Colin Sexton is the rumor. If they move him, they can go Jalen Suggs to take over there. Or if they can't keep Jarrett Allen, they go Evan Mobley, who could be the next Anthony Davis, honestly. I love Mobley. Only only not a bitch. So Cleveland Cleveland would be the winner of the draft right there because they have their pick of the two I feel the two best prospects of the draft. And then, you know, after that, you drop down to like Scotty Barnes, James Booknight, Keon Johnson. I mean, it's a terrible draft if Franz Wagner, Wagner or whatever, is going to be a lottery pick. And he's Gallinari 2.0. Solid role player, but he's, you know, that's, oh, it's cringy. But I really do think we're going to start hearing about Detroit wanting to move back. So they're not taking Jalen Green over Cade, who is seen as the can't miss prospect who you know I was super high on, then come, like, tourney time, his motor shut off. I'm I don't motor like, guy. I don't like, you know I don't like him. It's not that I don't like him. I think, I don't think he's going to be a superstar NBA player. I, like you said, when you don't have that, when you don't have that motor, when you don't have that, when you don't show that you, and this is, this is March Madness. Like, to, to some, even NBA players, they said March Madness was more important to them. Like, it was more like. You only get, wanted, like, one shot. Right. So like, and if you can't be hyped for that, I, I don't, I don't know, dude. Like I, 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 what did I tell you? I'd say he was going to be like an RJ Barrett and you were like, the play style is not, and I agree. I'm obviously he's not going to, they're not the same kind of play style, but I was talking stat wise that that was a, like kind of a ceiling front where he can be like a 16, 17 point per game guy, five and five or something like, which is still really good. But in today's NBA, like, it seems like everyone's doing, you know, 15, five and five. It just seems like everyone's trying to get their, triple double stuff kind of going you know what i mean and like be an all-around yeah. decent player so see I, I mean, what i don't know. like is and we're all guilty of it but they're comparing Cade to like luka Doncic. that's yeah, a high praise right away he's a good scorer insane. he's a very good scorer super lazy on defense so i can see the luka comparison Cade is more physically gifted but let's just let's wait to comp people until after a year and i need to work on it too because <laughs> i've been telling you like every night i'm texting you and i'm like this guy is like Jalen Suggs. He reminds me of Lillard with more bounce. Uh, James Booknight is Zach Levine 2.0. <laughs> like I go crazy yeah. for it. But, but I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think player comping is 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 a bad thing. It's, we're not saying that they're gonna be that player. We're just saying like that's their their style. That's their their kind of right, like stat kind of thing. If you're gonna give a comp though, give the ceiling and the floor. Like Zion's because, Anthony. Like Zion's Anthony Bennett. Right. Like that's his floor. floor. Kenneth yeah. Fareed. You know. Yeah. A big athletic guy who can't stay healthy. Where, like, James Booknight, I told you, I was like, he's Zach Levine 2.0 or he's Jeremy Lamb 2.0. Like, right. that's a big difference. Yeah, obviously. 
But yeah, so I'm going to give you a couple dudes who I've been seeing slip in the draft who if they are there early in round two and your team does not trade up for them, your team is stupid. It's very stupid. Ayo Desamu from Illinois is falling back into the second round. He So he's not a freak athlete, not a great shooter. He's a do-it-all type of player. I see a mix of Colin Sexton and Sean uh, Gilgis Alexander. Colin if you Sexton can get that, at, if you can get that at pick thirty-one, you get that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would take either Sexton or Shy at at thirty-one immediately. Yeah, they were both lottery picks. Yeah. Then you've got Sharif Cooper. So Sharif Cooper, this is weird. He's been talked about a lot because he was six-one at the beginning of the college season at the combine. This little point guard measuring at six foot four. That's wild. And so his comp to me, I don't like comping guys to other rookies from a year ago, but I see Tyrese Maxey with more playmaking ability minus the big burst where Tyrese Maxey is, you know, he's all about it. Like he's in your face. Cooper's a more laid back player. He has the motor. He's just not aggressive, like a Westbrook type aggressive, if that makes sense. Right, right. I get it. But Cooper's very good. He's quick, but he's smart with his quickness. Like, he's not physically quick, but it's like, and I remember Andre Miller was so slow, but he saw the angles and he would take it. He would burst. Yeah. Like Chris Paul in his prime, kind of like that. I love it. Those are two dudes for sure. BJ Boston is a guy. He was a lottery pick projection early this year. His performance at Kentucky was not good. I know he had a tragedy. He watched one of his teammates die in a car wreck. Right. You know, that messes with people mentally. He's got the build of an NBA player. He's very good, and I think he can be very good, especially now if he falls late, you know, to a team that's put together already. His comp, a lot of people say Nick Young because he's just a scorer. Like, he doesn't do anything else but score. I think he has more playmaking potential, though. He's not a terrible passer. Honestly, I see him more as a Brandon Ingram, but that's a stretch. Like, he's got a lot of work to do to be Brandon Ingram, but he can be Brandon Ingram. I think his floor is Nick Young. Just, you know, just like a guy who scores and scores and scores. But those are the three dudes, really. Um, I don't know if you had anyone you wanted to mention. I I, I don't have anyone I want to mention. I want to say that I'm tired of these Kentucky dudes, right? Like... That's the that's Kevin Knox went there, right? Not Kevin Knox. Uh, Knox from the Knicks, whatever his first name is. It is Kevin. Yeah, he went there. So like, and they have what's his name as coach Calipari or whatever his name is. Calipari is literally just recruiting kids to get them ready. Like he's putting them through a summer camp. Right, and he's like calling into ESPN New York, like, oh, he went to Kentucky. He's gonna be. I I don't want the Knicks getting any more Kentucky dudes. Like they're not. They always they're not like, pinning out lately. No, they're not. So, like, that's the that's the only thing I really wanted to talk about is the fact that we need to stop saying that just because this kid went to a big school with, you know, the big recruiting class and all this doesn't mean that they're going to pan out in the NBA because some of these smaller schools are developing these players a lot better than these big schools. Like, some of these smaller schools are actually just, I mean, I can't really name, you know, like Davidson puts out a couple of good players. And they're, I mean, they're not a small, small school, but they're not. You know. Davidson put out one good player, but I get what you're saying is the non-traditional powerhouse. Right, like, give, like give, somebody, give some of these other schools a chance. You know, like stop just going with the Duke players and the right. Like Baylor's got a kid in Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler. They're not a big draft success school, 
But we just saw these guys dominate the NCAA tournament. They're clearly NBA ready because, you know, they're not freshmen. They're not these 18-year-old kids. Give them a chance. Um, who's the dude from Oregon? Chris, Chris Duarte? Chris Duarte is a scorer. He can be very good in the NBA. He, So he's going to be a 6'6 shooting guard, which is good size. His athleticism is not there, <laughs> if that makes sense. He can score, but he's a crafty scorer. I like him. I don't really have a comp for him. But he's a guy, if I'm late lottery and he's there, I'm going to take him because he dominated against like Iowa, who's a, who's a pretty good defensive team. He just plays his role, which is straight scorer. If you're a team at the end of the lottery, like let's say the Spurs, who are rumored they're going to be moving some guys around, get that shooting guard. Like, please, Moses Moody is actually Brandon Ingram 2.0. I love Moses Moody. He went to Arkansas. Arkansas doesn't produce a lot of guys besides the GOAT, Bobby Portis. (laughs) So, I mean, give these other guys a chance. I agree. I mean, we're still going to see, like, your Duke guys go, your Kentucky guys go. But this year, like, Oklahoma State, they have the number one pick. That's different. The last Oklahoma State guy to go lottery was probably Marcus Smart. Uh, USC has a top ten pick. They're kind of common up there. Gonzaga has a top ten pick. They haven't had one since um, DeMontis Sabonis and then Adam Morrison. And then so you have – And look what happens to Adam Morrison. Like He has his own podcast now, The Perimeter. <laughs> does he really? Is he good? Yeah, he does. I've listened to a few. It's pretty good. I'm going to try and I'm gonna try and get him on here. Uh, I have a mutual contact. I was just so kidding. Gonna... Adam Morrison was great in the NBA. Come join our podcast. Adam Morrison, one of the best college players of our life. He was. That he was 100%, a fucking no freak. Doubt. And he sh- – Fucking Derek Ravio screwed him. If you're listening to this, Adam, which I don't know if you are, you might be, because we are actually Facebook friends now. I'm going to hit you up for the podcast. You earned a title. I know your boys with Derek Ravio. Man, fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ugh, okay, that rant's over. But yeah, so there's a little bit of the NBA draft insight. I do want to say, too, NBA trade talks, there's so many going around. Let me just say, I don't think my Sixers are going to trade Simmons. I don't think they're going to get a guy that they feel is adequate to take over. You know what I mean? Like, they don't feel like they're going to get value. I do think the Warriors are going to move their two picks and Wiggins and bring in a difference maker, whether it be Christian Wood, DeMontis Sabonis, a guy like that, a big guy who can stretch the floor, play within an offense, and shoot. I really think that they're going to move those two picks. And I think those might be the two guys I think they target the most. Um, obviously there's better players like Carl Anthony Towns, but you're not going to get him. So those are the two guys. If there's, so there's four really interesting teams and that I think the Sixers are one because here's the thing about, I don't think that, I don't think the 76ers should trade Simmons as his value is too low right now. Yeah. As a franchise, you'll, you will not get the value unless you get a Dame Lillard. That's the only person I can just like think where like, if you get, Bradley you know, or, Beal would be another one. Or a Beal or even a Tatum. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But I'm just saying, like, those are players that pop into your head that say, okay, if you get this guy for him, yes, you go and do it. But don't don't trade don't him for a Wiggins. Don't, right, don't trade it. him for a Wiggins. Don't don't trade him for draft picks. Don't Simmons is like I said, I I love crapping on Simmons because he's a Philly player, obviously. But his defense and the fact that he can like put up 16, 17 a game without doing anything. 
Like, he doesn't do anything. He shoots the ball two times a game, and he's still averaging 60, 70 points a game in the regular season. I know this year was, like, 14, but, like, he can score. If he can, he can get the ball. He can like he when he tries to get the ball to the hoop. I don't want to say he looks like Magic Johnson or anything like that, but he can get there, man. He's he's good. He can get he's there. He's a freak athlete too. He's a freak athlete. He's His 6'10". confidence is shot. His confidence. He's a, yeah, that's the shot. thing. The two things the about dude, him. The two things about him is number one, the fans turned on him so fast in Philly, which they usually do to everyone anyway. But they yeah. turned on him so fast. They were booing the hell out of him during the playoffs. And, like, there's a, this is the reason I think they should trade him, even though I've said they shouldn't. This is one reason, if I was going to trade him, it would be this. The fans clearly don't seem to want him there. Every single thing on his Twitter is negative. Every time you see someone talking about him, you see Philly fans commenting negative shit about him. They don't want him there. They're, they're done with him. They don't want to give him another chance. I think he should be given another chance, but they don't want to. The organization seems to want to give him another chance. It's just the fans, the fans themselves are done with him because he doesn't score. Because and I think that play, that last play in that playoff game, was the 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 breaking point where he had a wide open dunk and he passed it instead. That literally broke the camel's back for Sixers fans. They were already on edge, and then he did that. Like if he would have came up and slammed the shit off that ball and just like made the crowd go crazy, we're we're not even talking about this. But because of that one play, I feel like they just gave up on him. Just that one play. And this isn't me standing up for that play. This is what was going through his head: is I'm gonna get the shit filed out of me and I am not making free throws. And I, you know, that's exactly what was going through his head. Like if you're the Hawks, you're going to fucking plow him on that shot. No homo. So he gives the ball up because he's going to go to the line and he, you know, if he goes to the line and goes over two, we're having the same conversation. Like, I mean, he, but I, know, I, th- I think, I think he was open enough where he would have made the dunk. Like I've watched, I've watched the play a couple of times. I think times. so too. I really I think do he think makes so. the dunk. I don't, even if he gets fouled, it's an and one. You know what I mean? So like I, you got to you got to yeah. go up and take that shot. You got you got you have he, to. Oh yeah, he for sure has to. But that's what was going through his mind. I'm going to get hammered here, go to the line miss. It was a lose-lose for him unless he converted the dunk. But think, here's my issue. Like people in Philly are the worst fans in the world for all they're sports. They're bad. They are bad. They're really bad. Sure. Just 2 weeks ago, they were bitching that Simmons got robbed of defensive player of the year. 2 weeks later, they want the dude gone. Which is it? You know what I mean? And they were forgetting the defense. He was Trey Young scored like 40 points the first two games. And then the Sixers were like, nah, nah, Simmons played defense on him. And what happened to Trey Young? He became a dude that couldn't shoot the basketball. You know why? He became chairs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, like I said, I like Simmons as a player because I like that kind of player. I like the gutty defender guy. That's the old gonna... school guy. Right. I love that shit. But what I don't like is the fact that I think Simmons can shoot. I really think he can shoot. I think he's just scared to. And the mentality of someone being scared of anything, I don't like. Even Westbrook. I gave Westbrook so much shit for taking so many different shots. But how many times do have I said that mentality is 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 baller mentality? That's that's like he's saying, I'll, you know what? Eventually I'm gonna make these shots. I'm that good. I'm gonna get 10 assists a game. I'm gonna get 10 rebounds a game. I'm gonna put up 30 points a game. Right. And he and knows he's not he a can play, do he's it. not a he's not afraid to play that villain role. He's either. not he's not afraid. To of anything, to go, honestly. Yeah, he's not afraid to tell you to go f yourself. I'm gonna do me. That's and you know what? As much as I hate it, I love it at the same time. I hate it because it hasn't worked for him. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's literally the thing with Simmons. What he's doing is not enough to win a championship. He needs to try and do something different as well. 
which if that means shooting the ball 15 times a game, just to see if you can. Let us show us you can. If you think you can't do it because you're scared to, say, fuck it, I'm going to do it to shut everyone up, to show them that I actually can't do it. Right. Make them want you to not shoot it. it right. Exactly. Show the us The thing with Simmons is he's a right handed shooter. And for some and reason. They made him shoot lefty, right? Yeah. They made him shoot lefty. It makes no. They also, the one thing that gives me hope about him shooting, they finally have an NBA point guard who was a scorer working with them. Sam Cassell is actually his personal trainer this summer. Alien head. Fucking alien. I right. hate Sam Cassell. But, but E.T. Yeah, he, 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 he was not afraid play. to shoot, and he was actually clutching the playoffs for the Clippers and the Bucks. Yeah. I think that's a good step. How many times have we seen the videos of Ben Simmons in the offseason drilling three-pointers and being aggressive just to go saying. to the NBA? That's what I know and... he can do it. We've seen the videos of him doing it. Just try it in a game. What he was he does all that in the in the off season and then shoots the ball three times a game in the regular season. Like right. he does shoot. that to shut the fans up, honestly. We've how many times have we said the regular season really doesn't mean anything anymore? Use that as your platform before the playoffs to see what you can do. And how yeah, many we've seen Ben game. Simmons score? We've seen Ben Simmons score 30 points before. He's done it. 42. <laughs> yeah, we've seen it. So just like we know you got it in you. Everyone's telling you to do it, and you get a free pass. Philly will give you a free pass if you just attempt to do so because you know what you're good enough where if you're let's say you're trying to shoot a, a you know not a three but maybe like a, a 17 footer or something like that and you're not making it you're 610 you can go in and get your own rebound okay and then you can make a nice easy layup because you can get to the hoop we, we, we know he can get to the hoop so like there's so much he can do and he's not using it all he's he's one of, he could be one of the the top 30 players in the history of the nba we, he, we, he could do it he actually because he's the assist and the defense and the rebounds for a 6'10 point guard. He's got gifts that many people wish and dream they could have. You know, like, imagine if, like, I don't know, give his his talents to Chris Paul or something. And Chris you Paul's mean, the greatest just player give ever. his physical abilities, yeah. Right, or his height, just his height. <laughs> the 6'10 point guard, like, that's just absolutely insane. Yeah. And let me just say, I grew very frustrated with a lot of Philadelphia fans. You cannot blame just Ben Simmons for the loss. Tobias Harris disappeared after game two Tobias or three. Harris, I, I thought Tobias Harris had a good series. And then I looked back on the stats and I was like, whoa. He was he like disappeared. nine for 23 and he was like you missing also, a lot of late shots. You cannot have your center having eight turnovers a game. That's bad. Now, I get he had the ball more than most centers do because he was forced to to shoot a lot. But right. as that center, too, you're the best player on the team. And this is why Embiid is not the leader of the Sixers. He was going at teammates to the press, not in the locker room. See, I would say I did. That's that, a coward move. It's a good. It's a good thing you clarify that because I think Embiid is the leader on the floor. But when he, what he did after that series, and just like hinted that it's Simmons' fault, and like you can't do that shit. You can't. Right, especially the Sixers. Again, another by- reason. Another reason. I think even though the Philly. Uh, even though I was going to call him the Phillies, even though the 76ers want to keep him, I think he has to go because number one, the fans don't want him there. And number two, it seems like Embiid doesn't want him there. But after the thing that, is, after you can't play, invest in Embiid's Embiid long. But did you Embiid see Embiid's had... face after that play? Embiid was like, are you fucking kidding me, bro? Like he was right. disgusted and pissed. Like, but you can't show that. You can't do that. That's your boy. It's supposed to be your boy. That's the second best player on the team. Well, you then you if can't you've... do that. If you fast forward to the next possession, though, Embiid gets a turnover that lo- like that legit put the game out of reach. 
And oh, when Simmons he, yeah, went, when he had the ball, when he had the ball, tried to go up and he and he turned it over, right? Right. And Simmons yeah, went yeah, over yeah. to him and like patted him on the back. That you know, that's what you do to your teammates. You pick them up. Right. Yeah. That's when I beat that after the game, like it. we would have won that. Like someone's got to take the shot. Like that shot. If or someone like he said something about you got to dunk the ball, which he does. But you say that in the locker room. You don't you, go you to don't, the press. You don't press. put that out in public. Yeah, exactly. And then right. go on to Twitter after the game, which you've done every season, and try to appease to the Philly crowd. He, yeah, he pulled I the gave Bryce you Harper. my all. He pulled the Bryce Harper, whether he's like, they're trying so desperately to get the Philly fans on, on their side. It's like, that's, you know, Westbrook would never do nothing like that. A, a real, <laughs> Westbrook would be like, fuck you, Kobe fans. Didn't give a, Kobe wouldn't do nothing. Like, like no one, no actual dude that has a mentality of go F yourself, I'm going to win this game, or I'm going to be the man has the mentality of trying to suck off the crowd. They don't do that. And that's what I hate about Embiid. Like, I'm a big Embiid fan. He's our best player. He's a wannabe tough guy. I think he's he's a tough guy. He's just, he's just, he does things the wrong way. He wants to be that, that Kevin Garnett, like, tough guy, which Kevin Garnett was also a fake tough guy. That's a different story. But, like, you know, he wants to talk shit to dudes on the court. He wants the fans to get into it, either pissed off or not. But then he can't take any heat when it comes to after the game. Right, right. That, Where that's Kevin Garnett, if they'd be like, KG, like, you struggle today, he'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. And B's not that guy. And B's, and B's the kind of guy that wants to, you know, he, he, wants, he wants everything. He wants everything in, in one. And it's just like, it's not going to happen. Right. You're gonna have like, to he wants it. Rihanna. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So let's move on, though. You were going to talk a little bit NHL Stanley Cup. Uh, I did not watch much Stanley Cup at all. So that's yeah, all so, you. I, I I'm just gonna crap on Canada real fast. Um, and then, and I know like it's usually not the smartest thing to do to piss off an entire country, but I don't think anyone from Canada listens to the podcast. So, um, that hockey is a Canadian sport, and I understand there's Canadian players on teams that win the Stanley Cup from America. I understand that, but there's a lot of Russians and 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 other countries too. It's not just Canadians. So, and there's a lot of Americans now more than ever playing hockey. So. The Canadian teams cannot win a cup to save their life. The way Tampa destroyed the Canadians, absolutely destroyed the Canadians, is it made it one of the worst Stanley Cups I've ever seen. This was one of the worst Stanley Cup finals I have ever seen because Tampa dominated that entire series except for one game, which I bet on, by the way. And, um, yeah, it was just an awful, awful Stanley Cup. And the ratings were not very good. And, like... It's just hockey was on a like during the regular season, hockey was getting some good ratings. They they were on the rise. Like and hockey's moving to ESPN next year. They're gonna finally have, you know, some sort of fan base. To have the Stanley Cup that that happened hurt the NHL more than anything. It hurt bad. That was not a good Stanley Cup. And Tampa winning again is not something I wanted to see. I was actually wanting the Canadians to win the Stanley Cup because I didn't want to see Tampa win again. They've already won. They beat and they damn sure beat the Rangers in um, a championship series that I still can't stand Tampa. They've taken Matt Chuck from us. They've taken a lot of players from us. And uh, yeah, I, I don't like Tampa. I didn't want to see them win. And the fact that Montreal literally laid down for them. I mean, they didn't lay down. They got destroyed. But it was just bad. It was not a good Stanley Cup. That is just the NBA Finals. Forget what the ratings said about the NBA Finals. That was there was some great basketball played. I can't the ratings were actually up. Well, up from last year, yes, but down from pre-COVID. Like, it was one of the worst rated finals ever. It's just it was I, more than last year because a lot of people didn't watch last year. I thought the NBA finals had the highest rating since 2000, I saw. 
No, hundred percent incorrect. I I can promise you. I... That, I'm almost sure because I literally was looking at it the other day and it said NBA Finals takes big hit compared to pre-COVID ratings. Maybe Game Six had good ratings, but even Game Six of the World Series last year had higher ratings than the NBA Finals Game Six, and the World Series was not highly rated. So I mean. The NBA Finals jumped 32% this year. From last year, because nobody was really watching last year. But pre-COVID, there were way better ratings. Hmm. Trust me, I, I literally... I wonder, just, if it, I wonder if it was just like the full playoffs were up, and that was just, you know, people were excited. It's possibly the full final. But I know that literally just the NBA Finals games, I like literally can send you the article that I read that it was way down pre... It was like 16% down from pre-COVID, but it was up from last year, because last year's was... That all sports had bad ratings last year because I mean, even though we were excited sports was back, there was people dealing with a lot of crap that sports wasn't at the forefront. But regardless, like hockey ratings were going up, and then the finals, the Stanley Cup finals, just completely crapped it out for me. Like I was super not excited about it. It was a bad series, and hockey cannot have that happen again. They just can't. They're like I said, they're coming on ESPN next year. For the, for the next season, we got a, you know, the expansion draft is just happening with the Kraken. People are going to be excited about that. They took a lot of good players. Um, so that team can actually be, it could be like another Vegas where all of a sudden they're in the Stanley. I don't think they'll make the Stanley Cup. But I mean, like, Vegas came out of nowhere and just became really damn good. And the Kraken could be that team, too. You know, if they get a couple of guys in the coming years, which people are going to want to go there. It's a new team. People are excited. Uh, it's a cool name. They got cool jerseys. I mean, that's, you know, there's a, there's excitement for the NHL, but that Stanley cup was awful. Absolutely awful. So that, that's what I want to say about, uh, the NHL. All right. So MLB, we're each going to give kind of, um, a big storyline from the beginning of the season. And then we're each going to give our championships series and then the world series. What's your big storyline? San Francisco giants. Uh, nobody. Nobody, and I mean nobody, had that team even close to where they are right now. Not a single human being. Everyone if you was go talking, back. They were blowing the Padres. They were blowing the Dodgers. And they were like, you know, there's no— If you there, go back to one of our previous podcasts, I didn't give a reason why, but I said the Giants are good every so many years. I mean, they, this, they have that. They have that even year thing. They they had the like yep. the even year thing where they. But this is 2021, so this ain't the I even know. year. So I didn't know the years. I just said you know every so, few so years they come out of nowhere, and I did say this could be the year, but I had no reason to say it. <laughs> right, like usually, like usually they had like a prime buster Posey, and you know, an an ace pitcher in Madison Bumgarner, and they had a decent offense. You know, like they they had some. This year, I I still. To, I'm, I'm like one of the most diehard baseball fans you'll ever meet. I can't name half that team. Kevin Gosman is mini Jacob DeGrom. He's insane. He's a beast. So like, yeah, that, that Descafanio team, kid too. He's real good. Yeah, the, uh, the Italian Stallion 2.0. He's he's just he was decent on the Reds, but he's just put it in a new, you know. And J- Johnny Cueto when he's pitched has been okay. Like they have no bats then, though. I, I Yastrzemski was hurt for for like a for like a month or something like that, and he was like their best hitter going into the the season. Right. Like Posey the, looks good. Posey had a whole year off though, so like he he took off last year for COVID, and then he came back this year. He was healthy, he was ready to go. Evan Longoria, who like disappeared, I you you haven't heard that name in like three years, and now he played for the Giants before he got hurt, and he was hitting, he was hitting clutch bombs, and uh, you know they, they the thing is. 
the Dodgers and Padres are still better. I um, they just are. Like the Giants, I don't know how they're winning games. Honestly, like they they're doing it, but if I had to bet right now, I would still pick both the Dodgers and Padres to finish above the Giants because I just can't. I don't know their I don't even know that their team. It doesn't mean they're not good. I'm just saying I don't know them. You know, like Brandon Bell is even hurt right now, who's like, you know, one of has been there since their playoff runs and yeah. So, but the Giants are a story and so are the Red Sox. I didn't think the Red Sox would be this good. I Honestly. thought they were going to be so bad. Um, I'm going to try and not talk the Red Sox, though. Like, I'm going to try and go away from, you know, the team I root for. And this is kind of a recent, like, what's going on. But the Detroit Tigers are hot, and they're young. I think they can make a playoff push because the White Sox don't look great. The Twins are the twins are a story. They fucking suck. I hate the selling. Twins. They just, they just traded Cruz today. They're going to trade Barrios. They're going to trade Donaldson. They're, 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 I heard Buxton, too. I would trade Buxton just because he gets hurt all the damn time. If there's someone willing to take him for something good, I would do it just because he gets hurt. I've been seeing Buxton and Barrios to the Phillies. No. Yeah, I knew you were going to hate that. (laughs) But um, so the Detroit Tigers, though, Akil Badu is a young stud. They've got Mize and um, who's the other young pitcher they got? Torkelson. Torkelson. And And, and Tyler Tyler Alexander and um, what's his name? Um, they just they just brought up the kid. They just brought him up. Like yeah, but I, the well, Tigers. But look I but good. I told you I did tell you in the podcast that we did well. Well, me and David did it actually. Me and David did a baseball podcast, and I said, "Don't sleep on the Tigers' young pitchers." I was like, I was like, but I used Matthew Boyd, who was actually pitching really well, and then Boyd like is what stankers. I was thinking of actually. Yeah, Matthew Boyd was pitching really well, and then he had like five stinkers, and then he got hurt. Uh, Michael Fulmer actually they he was pitching well, and then they put him in the bullpen. And he was like the closer for a while. And he was actually doing pretty decent before he got hurt. Um, so then they had uh, Casey Mize, Tyler Alexander. There's there's somebody else. I don't know if it's Tork. It's not Torkelson. It's something with a T. Turkle. It's Torkelson. Is it Scoople? No, Turnbull. I think it's Torkelson. Spencer Turnbull. Spencer Turnbull. Are you sure? Because I think they have a Torkelson dude who's been but, balling too. Well, yeah. The, they have a lot. They have a lot of young stud pitchers. And I said that. Don't sleep on their young stud pitchers. I didn't think the division – everyone was talking about the White Sox, White Sox, and they have delivered. But, like, that division is weak. And I said the Twins were not good. I said the Indians wouldn't be good. I knew – like, they're just not – they don't have any pitching. The Tigers probably have the best pitching at the division outside of the, the White Sox, obviously. So I figured the Tigers would be, like, you know, at least well, competitive enough where they wouldn't be the bottom of the barrel. But I didn't think they would win like seven games in a row at any they, point during the season. Yeah. Plus since June 30th. So, you know, 22 days or something, they've won 15 games. Not only that, before that, they like swept the Yankees. And after that, they beat another good team. And they had won like 11 of 14 before even doing what they're doing now. So, yeah, because they swept the um, the Royals. I remember that because I lost a lot of money on that. <laughs> well, betting the Royals, you should lose money. Well, I mean, betting the Tigers, <laughs> you technically should that's lose why you, money. That's too. why you just stay away. You stay away from series like that because that's just two terrible teams. I mean, well, I'm, apparently I'll not. Bet, the Tigers are good now. I'll bet the Tigers <laughs> every day now. They're on fire. They're you got it. You know, it's strategy, but. So the Tigers are definitely a story, but the Twins sucking are a story. But it's been a great MLB season. Who is in your AL, ALCS? 
if I had to go right now, I would have to go with the Astros and the White Sox if I was picking my ALCS. I don't want the Astros because I still obviously like I don't even I don't even think they should be an MLB team right now. Honestly, I don't think Fuck I don't think it. any of those players so, should be playing. But so I mean, give your give your pick and then give your team like your next up. So if it's not so if it's not White Sox if it's not White Sox and Astros, I would go. Just give me like a, a replacement team for one of them. The, the Rays, the Rays, because I think the Rays are making moves now. I think they just play the game the way it's supposed to be played. They play baseball the right way. I don't know how the hell they do it every year, but they do. And they were, you know, they were the World Series. Uh, you know, they were in the World Series last year. So like, it's hard they're to good. just automatically say they're not going to, you know, do it again. Yeah, they've got and they've got bats too. Like people don't know their bats, but they're good. You got Meadows. You got Cruz coming in now. They're clutch. Yeah, you got Randy Arizona. You got Brandon Lowe. Like, they're a good team. Yeah. So my ALCS, I'm going to take the Red Sox. I think their pitching sucks, but I think Sale will be back for the playoffs, I saw. Sale's going to be back, like, next week. He's 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 ready to go. But next, Sale I guess next good. week is August. <laughs> Sale, Sale wasn't good before that. Like, he was struggling for, for a while. Like, he had, like, he, he pitched a couple of good games and then, like, pitched awful and then got hurt. So, like, we haven't seen the White Sox Chris Sale or the early Red Sox Chris Sale for a very long time. So, for, for to expect him to be anywhere near— I'm not expecting him to be amazing, but I am expecting him to be solid. The only reason I don't pick the Red Sox is the pitching. Like, I'm not, trusting, Edu- I'm not trusting Eduardo Rodriguez and Martin Perez and all these guys in, in a playoff series. I'm just—I can't do it. They're just—they're not good. They're not good pitchers, man. They're just, like— I don't know what's going on. I but again, they're facing like they're facing the Orioles. They're beating up when the Yankees were at their worst and now the Yankees are getting hot again. Um and I think they just beat the Red Sox like the last two times they faced. So like Yeah, they they beat them tonight last night. So like, I don't know. I think the Red Sox just took advantage of uh you know, kind of like you know, they beat up on the Angels who are struggling. Like they they beat up on a lot of teams that were struggling. They're supposed to. Right. And Again, I thought the Red Sox were the team that people are going to beat up on because they're the team that they're supposed to beat. So I'm giving them credit. I just can't put them in the ALCS because they're pitching. I don't know if their pitching is good enough to get them out of the ALDS. Like you got to pick, you got to you got to pick four, three, at least three or four really good guys to to win a playoff series. And I think they don't have any. You know what I mean? Like Garrett Richards. You're going to trust Garrett Richards, Martin Perez. Uh, we don't. We haven't seen Chris Sale yet, and and freaking Eduardo Rodriguez. Like, no, I can't trust any of those guys. So, like, if the Red Sox went out and got Scherzer, or the Red Sox went out and got Barrios, or the Red Sox went out and got like you know somebody, I would start taking them here because that offense is top three in baseball. Like, you're, I'll put them against anyone in baseball. The Red Sox offense. There's no doubt about that. But they're right. pitching and their bullpen. Even I know Barnes has been really good, but I'm still not trusting matt barnes in a one-run game in an alds you know what i mean like i just can't do it because i haven't seen it yet you know i have but to almost nobody has a good bullpen anymore <laughs> well the the astros have a really good bullpen and that's why i have them the white Sox have a really good bullpen i have both of them in the alcs you know what i mean like th- that's why i have them in the AL, because they have the pitching right. that's your well, common the, the, theme. the astros starting pitchers are kind of in the same boat because they have Grinky, but he's actually not been Zach Grinky this year. And they have guys like uh, Felipe Valdez or whatever the hell his name is and 
Lewis something. I don't even know his last name, but he's really he's been pitching amazingly. They've and Lance McCullers and just like guys that even though they're not big names, they're pitching very, very, very well. And the Astros have been there, done that before. So that's kind of why I have them there. And the White Sox have, you know, good pitchers, great bullpen, decent offense. And remember, um, Luis Robert's coming back soon. Eloy Jimenez is starting a rehab soon. They're gonna get their big. They're gonna get their big boppers back. And like you know, remember Luis Robert before he went on the injury list was hitting 300. Like even though yeah. he had one of the most awful, disgusting second halves in rookie history last year, he Real came bad. back <laughs> this year and he came back this year and started up really hot. So they've they've got some they've got some pieces there. So that's the reason I don't have the Red Sox. But yeah, Rays, Rays, um. Rays. The Rays would be your alternate. Rays would be my alternate for the for the Astros versus White Sox. And like, don't don't I don't want to say it, but do not sleep on the Yankees ever. Just don't Never. do it. You can't do it. And they're getting hot. If Stanton and Judge and DJ LeMayhew and these and Gary Sanchez and these guys start hitting, and uh, Luis Severino comes back, you know, and Louis and Louis Ta- uh, Louis Talion, Jamison Talion starts pitching the way he pitched in Pittsburgh when he was good, and Garrett Cole fixes his mind you know like they're still a team to reckon with their bullpen's very good i know chapman's been awful he's one guy but chad green is probably better than he was and then uh zach brayton just came back for them too they've got a good team still they still got those pieces i can't you just can't ever sleep on them they, they're always there no matter how bad they are how good they are you'll see them usually you know in the alds or alcs so can't sleep on them either yeah so my alcs my two teams I've got the Red Sox and I've got the Oakland A's. I really love the so the Oakland A's are like the Rays. They just come out of nowhere every year and they're good. They you know they, they play baseball. Right. The the Oakland A's are a team that will always make the playoffs, but I don't think they've won a first round series in forever. I think they won Didn't they their win first last round series year? last year. Yeah, that was the first one they won in like of their last like seven playoffs. The A's and the Twins have one of the worst records in the playoffs in you know, forever. Like they're, they're at like the bottom of the barrel when it comes to, to playoff records. So the A's are a team that just like we talked about the Bucks in the NBA and like the Hawks in the NBA, it's like, you can't ever really take them serious until they actually get it done. But eventually it's going to happen. So I, they, I think the A's are a, a good pick because the A's are a team that play the game the right way. They throw pitchers at you that you probably never heard of, but they're amazing. They get clutch hits when it, you know, it matters most in the regular season, at least. And then, uh, yeah, so I, I'm not going to hate on it for the A's. It's just that I will never pick them just because I feel like they choke a lot. And they do definitely choke a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, Red Sox and A's. And then my alternate is also the Rays. Just they're good. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> yeah. So what about your NLCS? Biasly, of course, I'm going with the Mets. It doesn't matter. I'll always pick the Mets. And the other team I'll pick is the Padres. I'll go Mets-Padres for the, for the NLCS. My alternate is going to be obviously the Dodgers, and if not the Dodgers, I'll I'll say the Brewers sneaking there. I'll say the Brewers pitching that shocked the hell out of me because I thought the Brewers had no chance with that pitching. But then Woodruff and Burton, and Corbin Burns and Peralta, just Jesus Christ, like that's a three-headed monster that just like I'm not gonna say came out of nowhere because they've showed decent you know stats before, but. You know, I thought their pitching would be their weak spot. Turns out the offense is actually a lot weaker than their pitching. So, Good you know, bullpen, too. Yeah, Hader, Hader and uh, Devin Williams. And, you know, Devin Williams actually hasn't been as good as he was last year, obviously. But still, they've, they've got 
and I think they're I think they're trying to trade Hater. Honestly, I think they're trying to trade Hater for, you know, I mean, I, Which I, don't, I don't agree with. No, they've been trying to trade him for like three years now because they feel he's thrown so many innings that eventually he's going to wear out, which is, I mean, it's common sense, but like, I still wouldn't deal him. Like, Hayter needs to be a brewer for life. He just, he looks like a brewer. He just, that's the team he should be on. So, yeah. So my NL, I'm going to take the Giants. I'm going to ride the small market theme of the NBA this year. So I'm going to take the Giants and I'm going to go with the Dodgers, which is a very, that's the, you know, that's the popular pick. Um, the Dodgers are just the Dodgers, you know, they're good. Yep. Walker Bueller quietly is a beast this year. He's not being talked about at all. He never really is talked about, and he's always a top he's good. player like, in the game. Right. And like they're banged up right now. Kershaw's having only... Kershaw Kershaw is having a great year too. Yeah. Like he, he had a rebound. Because the Cubs, I know the Cubs early beat him bad and it was kind of a mind fuck. But you know, if the Dodgers are healthy come playoff time. That you know, they're a force. But yeah, and then yeah, my alter my alternate, I don't want to go the Padres because that'd be three teams in the same division. Yeah. I and I don't want to go the Brewers because that's the same as you and I don't want to have the same there. I'm gonna go the Phillies. I think they're gonna get hot. And I think they're gonna make a big move that's gonna put them over the top a little bit. And I hate saying the Phillies because every Philadelphia fan from Philly we know is an idiot. Every Philly fan in every sport is an idiot. Eagles fans, 76ers fans, Philly fans, they're 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 just they're terrible fans. Right. So what's your World Series then? Uh I have unfortunately the Astros and man like okay, so I'm going to give two different answers. I'm going to go biasly and say Mets Astros and I'm going to go unbiasedly and say Astros versus Padres is going to be my uh yeah. Some big bats in that Astros versus Padres potential matchup. I think that I think it would be it would be explosive for sure. Like just Correa's playing for another team basically because the Astros aren't going to resign him. I mean, I guess if they win the World Series, maybe they resign him, but I think he's he's gone. Um, and then like yeah, then you'll have Tati. It'll just be explosive. It'll, it'll just be an explosive series. Yeah. And then honestly, hold on. Let let me. I want to talk about the Mets a little bit here because they, obviously they're my team, but people aren't sleeping on them. Like. We've had 56 different players play for the Mets this year. We've had more injuries than any team in the league by five. Every single one of our starters outside of Taewon Walker, actually, no, Taewon Walker was on the injury list too. Every single one of the Mets starters has been on the injury list this year. Every single one of the position players has been on the injury list this year. We have had COVID uh, games canceled. We've had more postponed rain games and more doubleheaders than any team in the major leagues and that any team has ever done in the history of Major League Baseball. We've had more doubleheaders played than any team in the history of Major League Baseball at this point. And we are still eight games over 500. And there's like, they're, they're just no one in the, is giving them a chance. Like, like we don't have like one of the best like pitching staffs in the league when everyone's healthy. We still have Carlos Carrasco coming back. We've got Thor coming back in September. Then we'll, if, if that all goes together, we've got Jacob deGrom, Carlos Carrasco, Marcus Stroman, Taewon Walker, and Thor and, and 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 Thor as one through five. Who's beating that pitching staff if they're all healthy and ready to go? Nobody. Especially not in the NL this year where every single team is kind of weak. Like, yeah, you have the Dodgers, but the Dodgers have been a lot weaker. They're not even in first place. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just think people are sleeping on the Mets, and it's – I get it because they're the Mets, and that's what the Mets do. But just watch out for the Mets. That, that's all I'll say about that. 
Uh, but so you got Padres Astros. I got Padres. Which, I got I got Mets Astros, but unbiasedly Padres Astros. I don't see anyone right. really beating the Astros in the American League. I don't. It, it sucks for me to say that, but I just don't. So I've got the Red Sox beating the A's because the A's, as we know, choke. I believe that was a big matchup in 04 when the Red Sox won the World Series too. I think in the DS, the Red Sox came back and beat the A's on either a Trot Nixon or a Big Poppy home run. And then they had the historic comeback against the Yankees, obviously. But I'm going to take the Red Sox in the AL. And then in the NL, I'm going to take the Giants to beat the Dodgers. So we have a Giants versus Red Sox World Series, which is not sexy at all. I mean, it's too big. San Fran, San Fran's a big market still. San big Fran, market, Boston but just not like talked market. about. Yeah. So that's going to be my World Series up. And I'm going to take – so you have San Fran with the pitching that's playing amazing this year against the big bats of Boston. But whoever is playing on the road, they're in for a long trip. <laughs> You're literally going from – the most west to the most east. Right, coast. both teams would have, it would be a, it would be a crazy traveling schedule for sure. So they should meet in the middle, like I would say Galena, Illinois, and then I'll just go watch all the games. <laughs> and then like ten people would be at the game. Or they can go to the Field of Dreams. That's like thirty minutes away. I think that holds like what five thousand people or something like that. I don't even 5, think it's 000. that. It's pretty small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. But so there's our MLB. Um. All we have to talk about tonight, um, besides what's coming up, if you want to go ahead and take over. Uh, one last sports-related thing. I just want to mention Jake Paul and Logan Paul and what they've done for the fight game. All these boomer dudes that are sitting here talking about how bad the Paul brothers are for, for fighting and how like it's ruining the sport and things like that, you're absolutely wrong. In today's day and age, so, <clears throat> social media and you know, backings and and bringing eyes to the sport is what's best, okay? And the Paul brothers have done bits. The Paul brothers have done numbers. Like, they, I mean, they're not putting up Oscar De La Hoya, Mike Tyson-type numbers, but they're putting up better numbers than, you know, they put up close to, to, to Pacquiao Mayweather numbers in terms of, like, what they're bringing to the sport, you know, like all together, not the actual fight, that one fight itself. But you know what I'm saying? Like, this is helping. And th- this, that's the reason a Tyron Woodley and a Ben Askren and a Floyd Mayweather are taking these fights because they know that these kids are making money and making moves and helping the sport. That's why they're taking it. Like, dudes wouldn't be taking these if there wasn't a bag at the end of it. So I'm just saying, give these kids some credit. And they actually do have some skill in that ring. Like, everyone just wants to put them down and say they can't fight, they can't do this, they can't do that. They're doing it, and they're doing it well. So I'm just saying, like, give the kids some credit. Stop being boomers and stop trying to say that they're not bringing – like, I don't really like them, but they're not bad. Like, they're not bad for the sport, and they're not bad for what they're doing on the fight because the fight game was dead for a while, straight dead. And now people are actually excited to watch fights again. Even if it's just to watch Paul get his ass whooped or even it's just just to, like – be interested in a fight again like we used to back in the day where like Mike Tyson was fighting everyone sitting in front of their TV Oscar De La Hoya is fighting sitting in front of the TV that's back again except we're sitting in front of our phones or whatever it is however it is that you're watching we're but uh yeah I just want to get it <laughs> yeah so just get just give them some credit that, that's all I'll say like stop hating on they're, them because they're, they're not... showmen they're not fighters Right. And guess what? A lot of these dudes today that are fighting aren't in it for the fight anymore. They're in it to get a paycheck and leave. That's what they're in it for. There's not yeah. many of those fighters left anywhere. 
So whatever we can get, I'll take nowadays. And the Paul brothers have given us fights to watch, whether it's a real fight or a fixed fight or whatever. Yeah. So something to watch again. But uh, yeah. So all right, now let's talk about what we're going to be doing with the future of the podcast. Um, we're still going to be uploading our audio clips to Anchor because it's something to share to you know whoever we're sharing our things to. If people just want to hear audio only, but if you want to see our beautiful faces, which who wouldn't want to? We're going to be doing some live podcasts from now on. Um, on the Dadbot Sports page, not the group because we can't really share it from there. But we're going to be doing it on the page and live. So we're going to get our background set up, you know, with our sports stuff like everyone else does. Uh, get our mic set together and things like that. And you guys are going to be able to join and watch live and talk to us. And we can get some live questions and do things like that from now on. Because we feel that's a better way to interact with you guys. Um, just basically watching us live and, you know, maybe like there's a, a little call option in the corner where you can like put your little stupid face in the corner and like start talking with us, you know, just be respectful. Don't, don't curse like an idiot all the time. Don't get us, don't get us banned, please. Yes, exactly. And then, uh, you know, we're going to start doing some things like that because obviously we want to do a podcast every single week, but there's just a lot to talk about. There's a lot of editing involved. There's a lot of like, you know, we're, we're pretty busy just like working and it's the summertime. You want to be out. We're going to the gym. We're we're doing some things that it's kind of hard to just sit here and plan and edit for for three hours and things like that. So, and then having it's, to share. It's rare. Stop. It's rare, but it's easier to just hop on the live. Right, because we, there's we nothing have, to do. We can literally just click the button and it saves, and talk. we just yeah, yeah we just exactly. talk. So, I mean, we could do that with this podcast too, but like it's audio, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of editing and stuff involved in that, and it's and getting it getting it out there and having to share each and every single link over and it, it's a lot. So, th- that's what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be going live. Uh, and and start doing them live so that we can get it, you know, more interactive with people while we're doing the podcast instead of just you listening to us and then talking to us about it afterwards, which you can still do on the on the podcast and comment, and we'll still have the audio. But uh, yeah, I think live is just better, and what everyone's really doing nowadays is doing it live, so that uh, you know, people can talk and and ask questions and stuff like that, and we can answer it immediately on the spot. Just so you can see that we're not sitting here reading stats. Me and Scotty don't do that. I think the first two podcasts, we had a lot of stats, and we were told, like, don't do that. And after that, we literally don't even plan podcasts anymore. We just, I say, hey, Scotty, we're doing a podcast tomorrow. It's going to be on NBA, MLB. And we, we, don't, we didn't even know what team played the, the, the Bucks in the first round because we're not looking this stuff up. This is just me and Scotty going off the rip, off the top, because we've watched sports our whole lives. We don't need to go on Google and, and, and basketball reference and, and baseball reference to do this stuff. We just know this shit because this is what we do. So, like, you know, and you can just tell that sometimes we're, we're just, you know, spouting things that we probably are completely wrong about. But this is just us. This is what we do. We talk from the, from the, from the heart, from the brain, whatever little brain we both have. And, you know, that's what we do. And live is just more us because yeah. you and off at the mouth is what we do. So it's the personality thing. Also, basketball reference, if you're listening. If you need someone to come in and run your page, I'm honestly, I know more than your page. So hit me up. <laughs> basketball, b- basketball reference, baseball reference, NFL reference. Those, those are great. Like that, that's my, that's my go-to. Like anytime that I need something, I don't even go to the NFL.com, MLB. I go to reference. Like it, it's the new wiki of the yeah. sports world. And there's so much in depth. Like it's, it's cool. Like we were just kind of saying how we don't need them, but. 
those reference pages. We don't we don't what, need them to have I'm a conversation. Bored, we don't need them to yeah. have a conversation, but we use them like to to base, you know, like it has everything you need. Like if you need to know how many all NBAs this dude has, you go to that. If you need to know how many times this dude won the home run title, you go to you know what I mean? Like it's everything. Yeah. It's something like when I'm bored, I'll just go on there and I'll type in random names and just And just start looking. Exactly. I just, you know, fill the mind. Which brings me to our top five of the week. Who are your top five, not bad, but just NBA players who weren't good? So five players that like not many people really talk about, but they were kind of decent. Right. So if you want, I'll go first so you can get like an example of it. If that's, you know, no, you, that's you go, you go first anyway. OK, so and it's still tough for me because like I literally just came up with a question. Number five for me, I'm going to take Kirk Heinrich and I hate the like I hate Bulls fans. You know that Kirk Heinrich, though, it goes back to college. This dude was a baller in college, comes to the NBA and he's got that short man mentality. He wants to fight everyone. He's a tough dude. He like he was never great, but Kirk Heinrich was a solid pro for a little bit. And a lot of these guys, I'm going to say it's more so their college career. I was, you know, amazed by them. They come to the NBA and then just didn't pan out, which brings me to my next guy. Juan Dixon, NBA 2K legend, like NBA 2K. If you played with Juan Dixon back in the day and like 2K9, I think it was unstoppable because he was too fast. So Juan Dixon's one of them. Keith Van Horn is another. Now, he was actually good for a few years. Keith Van Horn is, you know, he's he's the dude at the gym. The long socks, you know, pale skin, ugly as can be, but he could hoop. He was, you know, at Utah, he was a beast. In the NBA for a couple of years, he was good. I hate his guts, but he's one of my favorites. Because if we would have won the lottery, we would have ended up with Tim Duncan. Instead, we get fucking Keith Van Horn. <laughs> So you can understand my frustration. Next up, I got Shannon Brown, one of my all-time favorites, Michigan State guy. Probably one of the most exciting average NBA players ever with the dunks he would throw down. And, like, the most famous block in the world that they call the foul on Mario West, where you see the bench with Kobe and Pau Gasol. Like, what was that? And that was right after the trade when he got there, where he was the throw-in player. Shannon Brown, Chicago boy. I love Shannon Brown. Now, the last one, I was going to say my guy, Troy Bell, because he didn't pan out in the NBA. But I'm going to go a different direction here. And I'm going to go, and you're probably going to have the same guy, TJ Ford. TJ Ford, the GOAT. TJ Ford with the big-ass shorts. He was a little dude. At Texas, he was nasty. He was like a floor general to the definition. Come to the NBA, never really took off, had the bad neck injury. Just a swaggy little baller. <laughs> Who are your five? All right. So first, I'm going to go with a dude that only played eight years in the NBA. And like, I think if he played more, he would have, you know, his scoring ability was pretty. I'm going with Kerry Kittles for the New Jersey Nets. And they're still New Jersey. Villanova. He, uh, he can score with the best of them back then. Like, I mean, he didn't put up like 25 points a game or anything like that. But if you put him in a game where he wanted to like ball out and score, he can do it with... Uh, anyone honestly like, I think he's a, I think he's a 17 point per game guy he was a beast at Villanova yeah he's he's he was a really good player that a lot of people don't talk about because his career got shortened by injury uh next we're gonna go with Raymond Felton Mr. Gunn um he had a couple of years where like 
he was putting up 15 and 7 every single night. He was a really good point guard. He found players, man. He was an actual point guard, and he can score when he wanted to. So He was an NCAA champion, too. Then he got fat, and then he played with guns, and the rest is history for him. Uh, Next, I'm going to go with a clipper that used to – Corey Maggetti, Maggetti, whatever the hell you want to call him. He he scored, too, man. Like, I remember watching him, and, like, he would put up, like, 25 points one night. He would put up 30 points the next night, and, like – He's a forgotten dude. Like a lot of people don't talk about him either. And he could remember those I remember those scenes with him, uh Chris Kamen and uh, a couple of other dudes on that team. That Elton came. Brand, Quentin yeah. Ross, Sean Livingston, Mario Yarich. They were good. Um his physique was amazing. He was a beast, like yeah. body wise. And speaking of that, next guy I'm gonna go with is Q Rich, my boy that shot threes like crazy. He like he's he a tall boy. He had one of the nicest three-point strokes I've seen in a, a long time. Like, he had a nice shot, man. He was – I wouldn't say, like, a Duncan Robinson-type shot because this is kind of ugly, but, like, I don't know. It, it, it was smooth. Yeah, it was smooth. And then another old-school dude that I used to watch when I had my fantasy teams with my dad back when I was, like, I don't know, 14, 15 years old, Mike Dunleavy for Golden State. Like, I used to watch Trash. him. Trash. Another Duke. Are you a Duke fan? I am not. I had no clue where these dudes went to college. But – Mike Dun, I just loved watching Mike Dunleavy play. White dude who just could score the ball. Like he, he was, like he would go in the paint with no eps given. Like someone would be seven foot on him, he don't give a damn. We'll go right there, try to make. Like he was good. I liked him too. So you're either a Duke fan or a Clippers fan because his dad was the coach of the Clippers, <laughs> and you named two Duke players, but you also named a UNC player. So and I would not know what school any of them went to. TJ Ford was the only one we mentioned that I knew what school he went to because that was my boy. Yeah, Mike Dunleavy, kind of a bust. He, I think he was, like, pick number seven for the Warriors. And he, like, he wasn't destined to be great. It was, like, Casey Jacobson for Stanford that went to Phoenix. Just the dude who, in college, was unreal. And a lot of those college dudes, honestly, it's a lot of white guys, just because they hit their prime. Like, they're there for four years. They've learned the whole game. They don't learn more when they get to the NBA. Like, their game is set. Just guys that... They honestly didn't really play in their role. They wanted to be the star, and they kind of fell off. So all this is going to lead, before we end this podcast, to the King's Fact of the Week. And we were just talking about how social media is like AIDS, honestly. It's completely AIDS. So are curable. <laughs> to, prove, to, to, to prove that, here's the fact. One in every three divorces on average, and this was done by over 7 million, this is 7 million divorces that have been discovered worldwide. One in three of those divorces had the word Facebook in the deposition. One in three. So a lot of these marriages are, are getting effed up now because there's more options available to them to cheat on their women or, or their husband using Facebook and Tinder and all this shit. So people, Staying loyal nowadays is harder than ever because of social media. Because it's so easy to go out there and just message. Uh, you and your you and your wife are having an argument about something about money. She says you're a piece of garbage. You don't bring in enough money. Blah blah blah. Well, I got this hottie on Facebook. I'm I'm gonna hit her up in the DM and say what's up, what's going. You know what I mean? Like it's just so- don't just don't click the like picture, guys. <laughs> don't right, like on the Instagram picture or something. They'll they'll find out. But yeah, that's that's my fact of the week that. Not only is social media AIDS because of all the political garbage going on, but 
everyone cheating on their spouses because it's, it's so it's it's so easy to access other women or other men on on these on these platforms. So Facebook I mean, is the new homewrecker. <laughs> like if if you're loyal to your spouse nowadays, you get an A plus like for effort because it is harder than ever for both it, for everybody. Like it it just is. It, there's no denying it. Like there and there's so many like you know dudes and and females that are like so self-conscious of how they look now that they're trying to look better than ever like every they're going after these like makeup kits trying to make themselves look better they're taking better pictures than they were back in the day like there was no photoshop back in 1995 whatever picture you took that was your picture you know what i mean like now a person could filter be the you could put on a filter exactly and like exactly. Emma Watson. So no one even knows shit anymore so it's like yeah it's tough it's tough these days but yeah and speaking of being loyal like props to tim duncan and his boyfriend out there you know <laughs> facts <laughs> but i think that's our episode for the week um the live streams are going to be starting soon and we're going to have an nfl exclusive episode with a few guys we're hoping that we talk to about football all the time um and yeah we'll go from there we'll keep you guys updated with posts on the page and we will keep growing and keep getting better we've got a few promotions coming up too so keep your eye out but thank you guys for listening. Dad Bod Sports Pod out. It's 70, it's 87 degrees, and I had my AC off for you guys. So you better appreciate this. I just want you to know that. I had my I'm sweating balls because of this podcast. So that's that's Same the here. last <laughs> that's the last you need to hear from us. We'll see you guys in the next podcast. See you guys.